Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever and whenever you want. And with products and services tailored for ADF members and Defence spouses, you'll wonder why you didn't join sooner. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome to the podcast, Hannah. Thank you so much, Beck, for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for coming on. If we can get started with how you and your husband met those years ago. It's pretty interesting. We met in Canada in the Rocky Mountains of Alberta. Both of us were working on the front desk of the Rocky Mountain Resort on a working holiday visa. And neither of us wanted a relationship. It was supposed to be this like working holiday and woohoo, free and easy. But of course, three months later, we started dating. So. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years later, here we so, are with two kids. <laughs> how funny that you were both from Australia over there working at the same time and you happened to meet. Exactly. And we we actually grew up two suburbs away from each other. We had mutual friends. So the chances are pretty wild that it took us to go to the opposite side of the world to bring us together. So I think that was almost like the perfect timing and the perfect way it came about and makes for a good story too. Meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you're over in Canada, both doing your thing. So where did Defence and your partner joining Defence come in? Like, was he thinking about it already? Was that part of the plan? Had you discussed that? How did that work? No, it wasn't on the radar at all. He went straight overseas after finishing his double degree, which was psychology and marketing. So totally different. And when traveling and with me, I'm pretty, uh, what's the word? I like to probe people with questions and get really deep into the nitty gritty and figure out what makes them tick. And so I was like, so what are you doing? What are you going to you know, bring out of this? And oh, is that what you'd like to do? What do you like about this? And it kind of, I think all the questions were a bit like, I don't know. I don't want to do what I studied. And like, well, what are we going to do? Let's look into what you loved when you were a kid and what, you know, what makes you happy and what brings you joy. And so we sort of stumbled upon the fact that he liked planes as a kid and he was obsessed with planes and always wanted to be a pilot. And I was like, well, do that. And he kind of countered with, no, 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 I'm, I'm too old to be a pilot now. You have to like start when you're really young or something. I was like, whatever, you're not too old. Anyone can do it. Look into it. No harm in trying and looking into it. So that's what he did. So when we got home, he decided to apply for the RAF as pilot. And that was a bit of a journey (laughs) in itself. Took him three years just to get in to the defense force. So he nailed all of the like psychological tests and all of that really quickly uh, and got pretty quickly up into um, the flight screening. But the week that he was due to go up to flight screening, he unfortunately fell off his bike. He used to ride his bike to work. He fell off his bike and broke his wrist that week. So that set him back medically for about a year. And then I think he did go back to flight screening, did that, nailed it. And then trying to keep fit he he tore his meniscus in his knee so he ended up having to do another like a do a, a knee surgery and unfortunately to have another two years I think it took to get medically fit after that so that put him back quite a bit 
And then finally, when he was like, all right, sweet, we're getting offers now. He got an offer as a, an army uh, helicopter pilot, which wasn't, he was like, oh, I'm not, helicopters were not my thing. I wanted planes. So he turned that down. And then when he finally got the offer to go in as an Air Force pilot, he would have to start with OTS, which is officer training. But he was due to start that February of 2017. And unfortunately, I was due with our first child on in March 2017. So I was like, hell no, you are not missing the birth. Do not leave me right now. So he chose to postpone again and that took another three months. So then when when I was three months postpartum with a tiny baby, he left for officer training school. What a roller coaster. Oh mm. my goodness. So like obviously you guys were together for a little bit when you met overseas, you come back and he's decided to go down the path of joining defense. And then, you know, that was a fairly long process. Mm. So you were with him along the way the whole time. But you know, in the meantime, you guys are building a relationship, you got pregnant, you're about to have a baby kind of thing. Mm-hmm. How did that sort of work with future plans? And, you know, because it's a bit of a whirlwind to meet each other, come back and then get thrown into this long process of joining defense. Mm-hmm. Was there at any point a stage where you sort of both thought, oh, what is this defense life going to be like if, you know, this is the introduction and it's this is the the ups and downs of joining defense before you've even sort of gone away for training. I hadn't really thought that long-term. I kind of flow with the moment and trust what the universe has in store for us. At the same time, I kept saying, we can't hold off on living whilst you're waiting on an answer. So we bought a house. We bought the house. We moved in December, 2016. So just before we got in. So of course, you know, three years later, we had to to sell our very first house. And that was the dream house that we had and then moved every year ever since that. So that's been fun, but it was not something we really thought about the actual defense life. And it was never something we thought to give up on because it was something that was going to make him happy. And in the meantime, it kind of put my work on hold. I was working in a very different field to now. So in the end, worked out amazingly for us. But at the time it was really tough because I was working in a corporate role in the building and construction industry and sort of making my career in that. I was on the pathway to becoming a registered builder. Like I'd done my course. I was ready to submit and sit the entrance exam for that uh, to get my license and planning on creating this company. And then suddenly he actually got the call to go in and I thought, oh, well, that's, that's all right. Like I'm going to go on maternity leave anyway. So we'll just take some time out on my side and then you do your thing. And I never really considered how frequently we'd be moving and how we wouldn't get a posting in Victoria for the role that he was going for. That was very unlikely. So that had never, I don't know if it hadn't been explained or we hadn't talked about it or we didn't know. I don't know. But uh, when he finally got in and things started to hit, I sort of realized, hold on a minute, my career will not work with your career. What are we going to do? So I ended up, you know, putting his career before mine, which made me think outside the box and start my amazing business that I have now, which is totally wildly different. But I guess at the time you did mention you'd like to just see what the universe has in store for you. And, you know, that's all well and good, but it's still, you know, a huge transition to go from thinking that life was going to be one way and then having to totally change what you kind of had in mind, even, you know, with your partner going away three months after you had your baby, it was great that he could put the offer on hold and stay for the birth. But how 
how did that pan out with him going away and, you know, you having your first child and a newborn and flying solo from there? It was horrible. I, the whole time I was like, how did, how do single mums do it? Like I, I have a husband, he's not here, but oh my God, it was so incredibly difficult. And I think unfortunately it was a bit of a cascade of things coming all together. And like, I trust the universe, but it's also, that doesn't mean it's always easy. <laughs> at all uh hindsight makes it a lot easier when you sort of see how things have come together for the better but in the in the time and in the moment I was totally overwhelmed totally stressed I had an all right birth the birth process was all right and he was there but I always knew he was leaving after three months so whenever we had something difficult like you know a poo explosion in the car seat whilst we're out and about and I didn't have enough things to clean it up with he was with me at that point but I was like oh my gosh in one month, you're not going to be here. And I have to deal with this all myself. How do I get the car seat in and out? How do I clean it all in time to get to wherever we have to go for the you know maternal child health nurse appointment in the morning? Like those sorts of things started to creep in those thoughts of you're here right now, but how am I going to deal when you're not? Or the nights when it was a bit more difficult or whatever was going on, or she was unwell, it was just starting to hit home that he wasn't going to be there. And then when he did leave, it was just a week prior. And I started to become so incredibly anxious about him leaving that my milk completely dried up like just overnight. And I remember it being 4am. She hadn't fed in over 12 hours and this is a less than three month old and I'm freaking out. I'm not sleeping. She's screaming and she was not a happy baby. She was a very unsettled baby anyway. And so she's screaming, I'm crying. He's stressed out because he's going to be leaving as well. And, uh, you know, messaging my mother's group saying, what do I do? Like my milk's, there's nothing there. She won't even go, she won't go near me. She's just refusing to feed. So one of the mums at 4am drives over with some formula to, to help me give it to her. And she drank that. And then of course you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. My body can't do what it's supposed to do. And how am I going to cope learning how to give bottles and sterilizing and on top of all the normal motherhood stuff and without him here. And then thinking about all the other things, we had a beautiful hundred year old home on a quarter acre property. And suddenly I'm going to have to mow that. And it grew so fast out in the Yarra Valley. We had these beautiful mature fruit trees and I have to trim those and cut them back and harvest from them and you know upkeep this house we didn't really have heating so I had to light a fire every day and chop wood and I was like I total overwhelm total total overwhelm to look at doing all of that with this tiny baby plus all the bottles. And then after he left, she stopped, she actually stopped sleeping. And I don't mean that like a lot of women were like, oh, my baby didn't sleep very well. No, this kid did not sleep. She would wake every 20 minutes, like 20 minutes was the most. So it got to the point where I was like, why bother trying to sleep? She's just going to wake up. I'm not going to sleep. And I just did not sleep, which of course I'd already got this anxiety creeping in. And then very quickly, postnatal anxiety, postnatal depression took hold. And then to start coping, I had a relapse into an eating disorder from my teens, which just got, it just got wildly out of hand. And I was not like, I wasn't coping, but I was putting on a good show of it because I didn't want him to feel bad as well. So it wasn't until he came back for a weekend, a couple months later that he saw me and saw that I was a shell of who I was and went, no, this is, this is bad. This is really bad. Something's going on. We later found out that she actually had a dairy intolerance, my daughter. So the formula, unfortunately, was giving her very extreme stomach cramps and pains. And that's why she couldn't sleep. 
And uh, so then again, mum guilt of, oh my gosh, I was like harming or hurting my child. And, you know, again, back to the breastfeeding thing. So it was just like compiling like a really bad year. That was a horrible, horrible year. That first year of motherhood was a massive shock. I think it compounded everything. I had these ideals of, I'm going to love motherhood. Can't wait to be like barefoot and pregnant. I can't wait to do all these things and not have to work. And then realizing that for me, that pregnancy was very painful and I was put on bed rest at 28 weeks. Being a new mother was not what I expected. It was not beautiful. It was tiring, exhausting, stressful. My body ached. I was in pain constantly. Like it was not fun. (laughs) Breastfeeding sucked. So I just had all these expectations blown out the window. And I remember sitting there going, why didn't anyone tell me? I thought it was this beautiful, joyous thing. Why didn't anyone tell me? And of course, then people told you, oh, you know, I felt a little bit like that too. And it's like, well, could could someone have warned me maybe? (laughs) That would have been great. How did you disconnect that first year from it being defense life like because obviously you can you could very easily go well I'm not coping because of this and I don't have my partner here to help because of this and I'm over exhausted because of uh, I don't have any help and is this going to be my life for you know the next 20 years like how did you disconnect the two so you could continue to go forward with defense life and not create this resentment and feel any which way towards your partner and towards defense I was very cognizant of the fact that I didn't want him to feel like it was all his fault. And I mean, my mental health wasn't good. I wasn't thinking straight. I wasn't thinking clearly whatsoever. And I kept thinking that OTS was like just this one thing he had to do. And then after that, we get posted somewhere or we go into his role and he's going to be working and it's going to be, we'll know what's going to come up, right? We'll know what the future holds because it'll be more like a nine to five. That was kind of what I'd thought. And he said, oh, you know, pilots are more like a nine to five than the other roles. Not true. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't understand any of the things coming up and I don't think he did either. I think a lot of it was we might get here, but it's only if I pass this. So I'm not going to think too much about that because we're just going to look at the next goal. So we weren't thinking too far ahead in that regard. And I didn't realize how good defense life could be because we were so separate from it. I wasn't posted out to sail where the training was. I wasn't in the community. I wasn't in that environment at all. I was totally, totally separate from it. And I didn't understand that you could connect with other people in the same situation. I didn't know there were Facebook groups about it. I asked Ben for help. I was like, how do people do this? And he's like, I don't know. I'll talk to someone. So he got me onto one of the helplines when we realized I was struggling. They put me in touch with the chaplain and the chaplain actually came out and visited me with his wife, which was really lovely and called me every week. Like he was fantastic. Fantastic. But I didn't know there was a community group out in sale that I could have, even if I'm not going to drive the two and a half, three hours it would have taken me to get there, I could have at least felt some connection or seen other people dealing with similar problems. I think that would have been great, but I just felt like a total outsider in that regard. They put me in touch with the flow, so a family liaison officer, and she sent me a bunch of things to do in my area. Like, oh, there's um, you know some play groups you can go to here and you know ways you can connect to other people because I just felt so isolated going to bed alone each night every day alone I had my mother's group and that was it in that area and yeah none of them were with defense things I think there was an army base out in Greensboro but there was still like an hour and a half drive or something from where I was so it wasn't nothing was really feasible with a little baby and yeah I just didn't really put it together as being in defense life because I felt so separate from being in defense life 
you know, you're relying on that mother's group and your family and friends that have always been around you and supported you. But often family and friends don't understand why he can't just come back or if they don't finish this training, then it puts this out and then they have to go back and do this and it takes another six months and all of that kind of thing. And, you know, that I don't have information about where we're moving and all those questions that they have. That question got me so much. When are you leaving? When are you doing this? When's he, when does he graduate? What comes after that? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Nothing is set in stone. Everything is up in the air. But I also had that like obligation to put this happy spin on it. Like, oh no, like it's, you know, really exciting. He's doing really well. I didn't want anyone to worry. I didn't want anyone to think we'd done the wrong thing by pursuing this and having him go through this major career change. You know, we had, we had a mortgage, we had a baby, we're on one income and it was kind of all on him to succeed. So he had all this pressure as well. And then when he came home and, and, saw that I was really, really, really not coping. We put some things in place and I ended up getting put into hospital for three weeks. Thankfully, that was just after he came through OTS. So he'd he'd finished that. And instead of going straight onto pilot's course, which is what he was supposed to do, they ended up allowing him, he'd requested an interim posting. So he got interim posted out at Laverton, which was two hours from our home. So he commuted two hours in the morning and two hours at night and was just doing like office desk job type stuff just so he could be there and come home at night and be a bit more supportive. So that, that really, really helped. That was fantastic that they allowed that. And yes, it delayed him even more. So this poor guy's had so many delays on his process into this uh, role, but he did it with a smile on his face and never, ever complained. And I was put into hospital for three weeks with, with her. And then after that, we did some, some sleep school. We got her onto a soy formula that helped a lot and uh, things started to look up by the end of the year. And then I think he did that for about a year. And then finally he, he got onto the next course. And at this point, my mental health was stable again. I'd been medicated. I was in a much, much better place. And I went back to work part-time, which for me, phenomenal. And it took me a while to realize how necessary work is for me and my mental health. So I've had another baby since, and I did not, I actually kept working whilst in labor and <laughs> did not take any time off. And I've been fantastic this time around. There's been no hiccups whatsoever with my mental health. So very wildly different experiences. But this time around, I've had defense community support as well. So I've felt a part of the community and I've had people to call on. I had people dropping food off. So that was wildly different and so much better. I think defense life, we can get really caught up in how hard it can be and it can be super, super hard, but there are so many amazing benefits to it as well when you allow yourself to be brought into that community and when you do have that that support there. And when you know about it, because the first exactly. time around you didn't even I had no you know, idea. He wasn't even finished training. He doesn't even know where to turn yeah. for that sort of stuff because like you said, all this pressure is on him to do well on this course because this is his dream and it's taken so long to get there and and you know you're off on maternity leave you know he's the one that kind of needs to succeed because of all of these mm-hmm. sacrifices you've made to get yeah. to this point so he's focused on on doing that get passing the course getting going into defense and mm. and having that job in the career that he's been wanting to do for so long and, and then think- you're having this experience over here which you don't even know could be different because you're not actually fully in defense life yet and i think he as well struggled because everyone on ots pretty much was new to defense as well there was maybe one or two people that were ncos that were then, you know, non-commissioned officers that were deciding to go and pursue commissioning as an officer. And so he said there was one person on his entire course that also had children. And that, I think made it hard that he was just surrounded by people who were living on base, had no family at home. They were just like us when we were over in Canada, right? Free as a bird. The hardship side of things isn't as, I guess, real and affecting people outside of their circle. So it's just sort of them they have to worry about where he's got 
all of the added pressure. I have a wife who's struggling at home with a, a baby that's not sleeping. There was, it was just a very different experience that he had. And so no one else could say, oh, why don't you think of getting her in touch with this? Because they didn't know either. They weren't using those services and they were all also new. So that made it difficult. On the flip side, the fact that you now know about all of those supports and the importance of connecting in with the defence community, you're taking that with you on your journey through defense, whereas those people will finish that course, gone off into the world of defense, and they may, you know, get a partner a couple of years in, and there's no sort of, okay, well, you're a new recruit. This is this is what's available kind of thing. It's kind of like, well, you should know this stuff already. You should be mm. telling your partner about this already, or you should be connected already kind of thing. And then that's how it kind of gets to the stage where a defense partner or a defense family don't know about the supports or what's available or connecting mm. in with the defense community until, you know, three, four, five years in because yeah. the defense member has just been always living defense life a certain way and not really needing any of that stuff or needing to know about any of that stuff. Exactly. So then after he did that interim posting, we ended up, he ended up getting onto the first stage of pilots training course, which was back in sale. So he ended up, we did like MWDU. So he went and lived on, on base posted there for that six month course. But the good thing this time around, A, I was working, B, I was on medication, which helped phenomenally. And you know, my daughter was sleeping. So we, we had all that down pat and I had all my supports in place, but he could come home every weekend, every single weekend. He came home on the Friday night until the Sunday morning, which was just so much easier. I just knew, I knew he was coming home and that really helped. We could talk every night. He wasn't, you know, on all these different things with OTS, they're kind of out on field or they're doing this and you can't guarantee speaking to them ever. So this time I was like, sweet, I can call you at dinner time every night. We can have some form of routine and connection there, which was really important. And that was still a very stressful course for him, but he did really, really well. He duxed that. That was fantastic. So we're like, sweet, you're going to pass. Like we're going on to the next stage. We're moving to Perth. So we did. And that was all exciting. And as soon as we got to Perth, I remember I found very quickly, he'd done some digging around with some people who had done pilots course before and chatting with them and found out there was a, a community group over in Perth. And so he, straight away got me onto their Facebook page and so we hadn't even arrived and I've put out a post hi I'm arriving like in three weeks time and I want to connect in and make some friends and got a few people responding saying hey we're going to do a bit be doing a little play group this is where we're going to meet and I rocked up that day with a big plate full of cookies and said hello I'm new please be my friends <laughs> and I made one of the best friends that I've ever made there that day and we are still like we're due to catch up talking tonight we've had you know multiple postings since then between us uh, all over the country and still such an amazing friendship that I've made just from that first day yeah. and that made that whole experience being in Perth we were there for about 10 months Having that, I was on the community group. I, I ended up becoming the secretary of the community group. So I was totally involved. It wasn't a big one. It was a very small group, but it was so much fun. And I made so many friends and I felt like I had a bit of a purpose in that defense life aspect as well, helping other people connect in. And we all supported each other. It was really, really beautiful. And fortunately, Ben didn't make it through the second stage of pilots course. Nine out of 10 defence spouses wish they found out about Defence Bank sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning and currently has a rating of 4.8 out of 5 in both the app and Google Play Store. It does everything a big bank app does with cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, pin change functionality, savings roundup, spend tracker, the list goes on. 
Oh, and if you really want to go to a Defence Bank branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia, and with many of their branch staff a Defence spouse or partner, you'll be talking to someone who just gets it. Banking as a Defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. So that put us right back to square one of, oh crap, what do we do now? Like you've come off pilot's course, you can't be a pilot. What do we do? So that was a bit of a blow. Obviously to him, he'd spent years getting to that point. We'd sacrificed a lot and it's pretty much three strikes you're out on that course. If you fail three flights, that's it, you're done. And again, there was no one else on that course that had children or a family. Most of them lived on base and could just study 24 seven if they wanted to. There was two other people that had partners, but again, they were young and no children there. Like it just was a different set of responsibilities that he had to deal with going through that. And I think he found that difficult as well, that no one really got why he had to go home every night. And not that I mentioned made him. I was like, no, I'm good. You can stay if you want to, but he wanted to connect him with his daughter. He'd had a lot of time away from her as well, from both of us. So then he went back to the drawing board and uh, went back to sales. We all posted back to sale for a year and a half. And of course, that's when the pandemic hit as well. So thankfully, the sale community group is amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, So that was great, especially because I was pregnant again at that point. And even through the pandemic, they were doing online things. I still felt like I was connected in to something, even though we weren't seeing each other face to face all the time. Because it's regional, we didn't have the super, super strict lockdowns like Melbourne. We were still in lockdown for a long time, but we got a little bit more ease at some points. So we could do some playgroup catch-ups with, you know, a certain amount of people in the space and masks on and all of that. So that was really, really fantastic that we got to do that. Uh, Otherwise, I think I would have maybe struggled again. I'm not sure. But yeah, so that was, that was sale. He tried for one other role, which is weapons systems operator, but then decided it just didn't feel right. It wasn't fitting right. So now he's gone for a different role. (laughs) It's been a bit of a journey again. So air refueling officer, and he's just passed all of those things. So we've literally moved up to Brisbane for him to do that role. Like three weeks ago, we got up here and getting up here, there's not really, not that I've found, there's no community group. There's a page, there's a Facebook page and me being me and pretty out there, I've jumped on and said, Hey, like I need people. I need friends. I need mums. I need all sorts of people who wants to be my friend. And we've kind of me and a few other girls that have little babies, one-year-olds, we've all created almost like our own little mother's group. It's open to everyone. Just like we've just done it on the Facebook group. Hey, we're going to meet at this park on this day. And that's been really good. We've only met twice, but I feel like there's some really great friends there that maybe like my other friend, Emily, where we can be friends for life. There's the military life catch up this weekend. So I feel like there's stuff going on, even though it's not a community group, like with an amazing space on base, like we have in sale. I still feel like I've got a good feeling about the way this one's going to go. But yes, yeah, so Ben's still waiting to get his actual job role <laughs> in in defense because he's still got to do conversion in a few months. So yeah, he's not actually in any role since starting out, which, you know, he applied in 2014. So it's been a very long process to yeah. get yeah. to where so he is. It's been a, <laughs> a introduction of defense is not a straight line. <laughs> Absolutely. And a lot of hurry up and wait has been our motto. Yeah. Oh, lots of where are you going next? How long are you going to be there? And I've just had to surrender. And I think that's a big part of the process. Just totally surrender. To be very honest, I am a tarot reader. That does help because I can get some insight into what's happening and where we might go. That has helped a lot. Sometimes, you know, Ben's come to me for advice, but sometimes he's like, you know what? I don't want to know. So we go yeah. with that as well. Um, <laughs> so you're like, it's okay. I've, I've got a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. We've had a really good feeling about Brisbane. So 
that's both of us like amazing gut feeling uh, everything on the cards for this job role that he's going for has been really good so so Ben's probably like oh if you start looking anxious then you know you know something's (laughs) up and I should be worried too but if you're chill then it must mean that everything's gonna work out (laughs) well he he joins me as well so I think when he was looking at coming off the Wizzo course he's like it's not feeling right we pulled a few cards for different options and when ARO came up it was the 10 of cups, which is basically perfect, happy family. It's like a happy dancing family under this beautiful rainbow. And he was like, I know that card. That's a great one. I was like, yes, it is. Yeah. (laughs) And then the day we arrived up here in Brisbane, there was a big rainbow. So he was like, it's already happening. A few little things here that, that feel really good. So obviously in saying that you had mentioned that you were in a totally different field of work when mm-hmm. Ben first started out with the journey of defense, and then you had to kind of come around to, wow, my career's and that job's not going to work with defense life. So you yeah. had to kind of bring your thinking around. And then obviously you were busy with the newborn and all of that and, you know, making sure that your mental health was right. But when it did come time to go, okay, well, what's happening career-wise for me? How am I going to manage to also have my own thing happening with how did you sort of reconcile with what you were doing before and going forward with a new path with your career? Yeah, it was it was tough because the sump cost factor definitely came in. I had spent years of my life in that industry and studying and all of that. And to just kind of go, do I just give it up? What was the point? And I had to take a really good look at myself and think, was I ever truly happy in those roles? I was really good at what I did, like really, really good at it. But that didn't mean I enjoyed it all the time. And I remember I'd often be afraid to pick up the phone. Like I'd be so anxious because unfortunately in those industries, complaints run wild. And regardless if it's your fault or the guy on site laying the slab, you're going to get yelled at for it, which was horrible. And so I might've been good at dealing with complaints, didn't mean I liked it. And so then I kind of thought, well, I'll give something else a go. I can always go and work for a building company somewhere else along the way. I've got all of that knowledge. I can fall back on it. He's in the defense force. I have a little bit of leeway in terms of, especially being on maternity leave for a while, we were used to living on one wage with a mortgage and suddenly going into a DHA house, our costs that we had to pay for for living had gone down significantly. And I was like, oh, we have a little bit of leeway here for me to take a risk and start something. So my hobbies and my interests outside of building houses uh, had always been quite spiritually minded. That was also a process to get to, but uh, you know, I had my own little tarot practice that I did for myself and I'd read for friends and family and a lot of strangers on the internet, (laughs) just on Facebook groups for free. I thought I'm pretty good at this. Why don't I make this my business and I do astrology as well. And my astrology chart was kind of where I, once my head had cleared, I pieced together that I have some, if anyone isn't aware of this, your moon sign, which is similar to like your your star sign, but your moon sign can dictate what makes you emotionally fulfilled. And mine fell into the 10th house, which is all about career and work. And I was like, of course, not working made me feel emotionally unstable because that's part of who I am. I need that. So I think that realization really helped. And I used a lot of what's in my astrology chart to build myself back up as well as normal Western medicine. I sort of mixed. So that really helped knowing that side of things. I'm like, if I can help myself in this way, I can definitely help others. So I started putting some things together, decided on a name, opened my business and it just sky it skyrocketed everything was so easy i've never had a complaint 
I've had amazing feedback and reviews. When I do calls with people one-on-one, I get so excited. Like I've never been anxious to answer a call with someone. I, it's just a totally different energy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've wasted all those years doing something because I thought it was good for me and it wasn't. Whereas this feels like what I'm supposed to do. I feel like I'm totally in the zone. Ideas just constantly flowing. It's just, it's amazing. I, and I have freedom. I can do whatever I want. Majority of my clients are in the US, so I can literally work anywhere in the world. I am not tied to an address. I don't have a physical shop. I just work wherever I put my laptop down, wherever I have my phone with me. And so for Defense Life, it's perfect. You've gone, had that huge switch from actually my past career actually didn't fulfill me and actually gave me anxiety. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was good at it, but it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And now you have that overwhelming feeling of, yeah, I mean, doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. How do you think that helps with you obviously not having control over where you might be posted, where you might be moving, knowing that you have that purpose and you can take it anywhere with you. And that takes that anxiety away of how am I going to find employment and what job am I going to do? Am I going to stay in the career that I work so hard for? Like, does that take the pressure off when you do kind of think about defense life and think, well, you know, I don't know where we'll be next year, but there's no pressure on this side of things kind of thing, which makes it, I guess, more of a relaxed transition to go from place to place. Absolutely. It's just one less thing to worry about. So, you know, I had to worry about things like finding a school for our daughter and finding a daycare, which again, I said we had a good feeling about Brisbane. And I do. We, our house that we got, there is no physical house we could have got that would have been closer to the school for us to walk to. It's two minutes to the gate. And daycare is a family daycare at my next door neighbor's house. Like we could not physically have been any, in any better position than where we are. So everything's fitted together perfectly. But like I was looking into those sorts of things before we moved. Where are we going to send the kids? Where do we buy uniforms? Where do I buy my shopping? Like those were my worries. So it wasn't ever, oh, I have to find a job or those sorts of things weren't a part of my worry workload, which was just such a a big stress reliever in that regard. And I really empathize with people that do have to, because I have have friends obviously in defense that have to find a new job every time, or a lot of them find jobs within defense so that they can, you know, I've got friends that are family liaison officers, so they can sort of work wherever, or they might have another job that they can move around with, but it's still stressful. You know, can they get a transfer over to this location or will it work at the same time that hubby's going to get posted somewhere? So it's still stressful for them. And do you think because you had that initial experience where you had to focus in on your mental health and what actually helps with you being okay and then obviously Ben being okay with being away or whatever the requirements of defense are and him feeling secure in being able to leave you and and make sure that you have supports around you do you think that has obviously had a positive impact because like you said you know three weeks before you even post somewhere you're like hand up I need friends this is what I need to be okay I need to work so I need daycare and I need to put those things in place instead of kind of just struggling through and going my partner's away and I don't have any child like you invest in making sure that those things are in place because you know that those things are what help with you being okay you feeling supported and your mental health being okay yes and my husband often jokes that I know more people in defense than he does. <laughs> and he's like, I'm I'm the one that's in it and you have connected with everyone. But I, I just know I have to. And I'm quite lucky that I am bold and I have a very good talent of making friends as an adult, which not everyone has. And that's because I'm not afraid to look silly. I mean, when you're a professional tarot reader, astrologer and witch on the internet, people are going to think you look silly. So it doesn't bother me at all. And so I take risks with people. Like I met 
one lovely lady the other week and I was like, hey, you guys are nice. Let's do a family dinner. Your husband, my husband and the kids. A lot of people would struggle to set something like that up with someone they've just met once because they're like, oh, we don't know them. Like it's, we've got to do the get to know you thing. And I'm like, screw it. We're, we live close by. You seem nice. Let's do it. You know, let's become friends. And I don't find it hard anymore. It can be. My husband still gets like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. You just do it. And then suddenly you're all friends and all the awkwardness is out of the water because I took it out. <laughs> so, mm. But a lot of people struggle with that. But sometimes being silly is okay. And if someone says, no, I'm not up for that, then cool. That's not your yeah. person. But do you think you're more likely to ask someone you've only met over for dinner because you might be on a time crunch? You don't know whether you might not be in that location for extended amount of time so you kind of have to make friends like ASAP because if I don't then we're going to be out of here and I won't have made any friends yeah and I've I've had the experience with other people so there was you know a few other people that we've been posted with that might have been on course with my husband and you know they were spouses and they've had the opposite idea which was well I'm only here for like nine months why bother and I feel really sad for them because They went through that whole time that I was the only person that knew them and I'd invite them to things, you come on, come on. And they also didn't have kids. So I don't know if that was a factor where they didn't feel included or if they felt awkward or there wasn't that necessity of, you know, you want kids to have playdates and make friends as well. That's a big driver as a mother or a father. So I don't know if that played a part, but they just didn't want to connect in, I think, because they knew they were leaving. And I think that's sad because I think there was a lot of missed opportunities and missed support that you can get as well. Like I had, I had amazing support if I was feeling down or if I needed a hand with the kids or, and I used, I used them. Our washing machine got broken by toll. So I was like, um, can I use your washing machines? So I'd be like over at their house, like doing my washing and everything. And I was thankful I had them and I had, you know, 20 other people to choose from. But if something happened to their washing machine and I was away, for example, they wouldn't have had anyone else to talk to or ask of help. That wasn't there. So I understand that people have that mentality, but I do think it's detrimental to your experience with Defence Life. And especially, I mean, nine months is nine months. Like it's a long time to go, you know, solo and just be in your own thoughts and Mm -hmm. feel like you're pretty isolated. But then also you can take that experience of, yeah, oh, it's only nine months. I'm not going to bother. But then you can also take that into your next posting and think, oh, I I didn't really have a very good time last time and not realize that it's because you didn't reach out or you didn't step out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. or you just kind of thought, what's the point kind of thing. But then you take that into your two-year posting and then, you know, it takes you even longer to connect in. Whereas if you've had that positive experience, you're like, you're more likely to think, oh, okay, well, I'm just as likely to have a positive experience at the next place. So you kind of mm-hmm. go into it with a different kind of attitude and, and feel. I agree. Absolutely. What are the plans? Like you guys are obviously posted in Queensland at the moment and you mentioned that your husband still needs to get his permanent role or still needs to get placed to whatever it is. What happens from here and... Do you have like a kind of loose, likely posting plan or what's the deal? So we're here for at least three years. That's the posting term that he's got, uh, which is great to know. This is our longest posting. (laughs) So that's fantastic. But we're going to try for a double posting. I mean, there's no reason why we couldn't. That's what I'm trying to manifest. So hopefully we get a double posting because then my daughter can do her total primary school experience in the one school, which would be excellent. And you know, if not, then if we move in three years, cool, then we've at least had three years and that's better than we've had previously and, you know, more exciting things on the horizon. So I'm not opposed to moving. The only thing is, I guess, the kids having to to move around a bit, which can be tough with friends. But I just keep saying to my daughter, you have friends all over the country. That is so cool. Not many people have friends all over the country. We can go to any state and have someone to stay with. That sort of spin on it. 
And hopefully the cards predict that you'll get to the next location, find a school that's two minutes away and a yeah. family daycare next <laughs> yeah. door because you can't get much better than that. You're like setting yourself up for this high standard. I know. Well, we keep like the last two DHA houses as well, or all three DHA houses that we've had, they've all been fantastic. And, you know, I've seen my friends' houses as well. And not that you'd like compare anything. All defense houses have their pros and cons, but they're often a lot smaller. And I know we have kids and everything, but somehow the last two places we got put up a rent band, you know, one of them whilst we're on the runway flying over to Perth, they were like, oh, your house is falling through, but we've got a better one for you. And we had the, the biggest house in the world in that place. It was awesome. And so we just keep getting these great houses and we keep thinking, oh, we've been so lucky so far. I hope we don't, you know, get hit with harsh reality in the next place. But I'm like, nope, don't put that out there. We're just going to keep thinking positively. We're going to get the best possible place for us. And it just keeps happening. So we're, you know, a little bit of luck, a little bit of witchcraft has turned out really beautifully for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so what have you learned along the way? Like what has helped you and what kind of advice can you give others, I guess, maybe that are just starting out or that, like you mentioned, may not be as willing to put their hand up and, and make those connections? Like what have you learned along the way? I have learned that surrender is a very beautiful thing that you need to become very comfortable with doing. And that can be very difficult depending on your personality type. Some people like to control everything, but you know, if you can't, you can't. There is not much you can do about it and things will always work out. You'll figure out a way to rectify anything that goes wrong. That's just how life happens. So surrendering is the first thing I think with defense life, finding the joy in it where you can and the the golden nuggets turning, as they say, turning uh, pineapples into pina coladas. <laughs> I love that saying. I think it's fantastic. And just seeing the good thing is connections that you can make with other people. And we get to see parts of the world or the country that not everyone gets to see. And for myself and my husband, it's fostered this amazing relationship between us where communication is key. We are so in tune with each other in terms of how we're feeling. We do check-ins like once a month, we'll just turn around and go, Hey, how are we going? Is there anything that I've been doing that you know we need to talk about? Or is there anything that you're not feeling comfortable with due to go away or you're due to like, he's got ComServe coming up. So I know he's going away for a couple of weeks. Hey, is there anything you want to talk about before that? So communication has just gone through the roof with us. It's really, really good. And the trust as well that comes with that increased communication. So you see how it can just benefit your family just by going through these different experiences that not everyone else in the world gets. They've usually got their husband or partner there 24-7. Sometimes I look forward to when he goes away because it means I get to watch all my shows at night. <laughs> we don't have to you know, pick the same show that we're watching, you know, or I can work all night, which sometimes is like, oh, stop working. I'm like, I love it. I'm going to keep working. So you know, those, I get a little bit more freedom when he goes away, which is good. So there's, there are benefits. And if you're not feeling comfortable going to events, just lurk on the Facebook groups for a bit. There's no problem with lurking. You can get a feel for people. And, you know, if there's a little event or something and it's a bit nerve wracking to go reach out to someone like me that you can see is quite active in one of those groups or talks a lot. And you can just say, Hey, I don't know you. I'm nervous. Would you go with me or meet me beforehand? So I don't walk in alone or something like that. I mean, I'm very easy to notice. I have bright purple hair. So I can always be like, Oh, look for the girl with purple hair, wave at me. I'll come over and just start talking and then bring you into the group or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. There are other women who would be very happy to do that if you're a quieter person or nervous, but still want to make a connection or friends. So how can people get in contact with you and, and find out what you're doing with your business and follow you and, and I guess maybe even have their cards read and all of the stuff that you do? Yeah. So I am Suburban Witchery and I am on TikTok. I am on YouTube. YouTube. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And I also have a podcast that's called Witch Talks, a suburban witchery podcast. So that's 
I guess more for people who are into the spiritual side of life and interested in that. That's where I interview key witches from all over the world about a variety of topics. But yeah, you can find find me. TikTok's probably my main space where I do lots of reels and fun stuff. TikTok um, famous. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a few followers on there, which is good fun. Um, and then over on Instagram as well, I, I do a lot of connecting with um, my followers and all of that. So and if you want to book with me, it's just suburbanwitchery.com. I do, you know, guidance calls, which are one-on-one via Zoom for half an hour or 60 minutes. And they are so much fun. They're a lot of fun. And they can we can just look at an astrology chart or tarot reading. I can help you with books to read, crystals to find, herbs to try, all sorts of stuff. We can get right into it. It's, it's a lot of good fun. And I'm not scary. I'm really nice. <laughs> I don't bite. (laughs) And I understand defense life. So if you have questions about defense stuff and, you know, obviously I have privacy statements and a code of ethics and all of that. So don't stress about having to talk about the defense things that you you might want to talk about, but other people don't understand or may not feel comfortable sharing with a civilian tarot reader. Uh, I can definitely fill that gap as well. Well, it sounds amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and telling us all about your experience, your roller coaster of a ride, <laughs> and it's still going. But, you know, obviously that it's been made that little bit easier by you being so open to experiencing the positives of defense life, despite the fact that, you know, you had that bit of a rocky start mm-hmm. and could have quite easily taken that with you and had that impact your experience and the way that you see and experience defense life. I'm grateful for the stuff that is out there that we can lean on and utilize even when we're not in a location yet. That's really, really good. I think we all need to lean on that. Facebook is great. Your podcast is fantastic. You do the meetups and all of that, which I think is really good. So there's connection if we want it. I so hope you are able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarylife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 